Haunted Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Norfolk and today we're going to be talking about Cutthroat Lane in Yaxham. Um, a new recording venue for us today. Yes. Exciting times. We have been all over. <laughs> we're, um, we're in Stacia's car today yeah. so I have no idea how this is going to sound. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It might be the best recording we've ever done. We well you're supposed all to do it in a small space aren't yeah. you with you know so hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah. And, and we are on yeah, we're actually on Cutthroat Lane. We, we've driven along it looking for somewhere to park. It's a really weird road. Really weird. Like, it's really, really straight and really long. And, and narrow. Then, and narrow. And then there's a really sharp bend. Like a right angle. Yeah. Really strange. And But yeah, so we're here. And uh, this is the story we've got to tell although actually saying that i don't know how the best way to do this because it's quite a long story i'll just do a little bit of it and then we'll we'll go back and and look okay. at it so <laughs> I actually didn't the know to... road name tells a story one of a terrible crime from years past a woman's death immortalized forever in two words cutthroat lane but while it's said to be the bloodthirsty murder of a woman which gave the Yaxham Lane its name, it is another crime and another criminal which concerns us today, that of James Clifton, who was said to have swung from a gibbet on a tree on Cutthroat Lane in 1785 after attacking and robbing two brothers, one of whom later died. Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting... The... I couldn't find how long this road has been called Cutthroat Lane, but the, the main, the, the original story seems to be that there was this horrific murder on here of this woman who was, who was killed by having her throat cut. But there's like absolutely no evidence. Of no, that. and and on um, the brilliant Simon Knotts NorfolkChurches.co.uk site, um, he went to Yaxham Church. And when he was there, he talked to a, an older lady who had popped in and she said that the Cutthroat Lane story is actually a man who died here. Um, she used to live in a converted inn in Yaxham and she said that the story was that there had been two men drinking there who had a fight. The landlord pushed them out onto the lane where one cut the other's throats. So I guess... It could be one of anything. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, when these lanes change, when these lanes names change, because clearly this was not always Cutthroat Lane. No. And, and And when does it happen? When does that, yeah. you know... Uh, when does it become official? Yeah, it's like, and, and also how does that become, you know, you yeah. think it would be the name of the person who died or... Yeah. Or, or like... Because Cutthroat is quite generic, isn't it? It is a bit, isn't yeah. it? You kind of have it Blood Lane or, you know, Murder Lane, mm. but... But yeah, so cutthroat lane it is anyway. Um, so there's no re- there's no evidence for the woman, but there is an awful lot of documentation um, for this second crime that happened here, mm. which was um, 
as Stacia mentioned, this guy called James Clifton, who's also known as Clifton or Cliffen or Cliff, just to help research purposes. Um, it says here, um, Peter Poulter, amazing name. <laughs> Peter Poulter. Peter Poulter um, was writing in the journal in October, on 15th of October 1932, and he tell, starts to tell the tale. It says, just beyond the right angle bend in a small plantation years and years ago the body of a man was hung in chains this man as far as one can piece piece out from the history and legend was not responsible for the murder of the unfortunate young woman he hung for another grisly tale his name is popular popularly popularly supposed to have been clifton having enjoyed a skinful of ale at the pub which once stood in church lane in yaxham Brothers Peter and Henry Seaman began to make their way home across fields, which are now Jubilee Park. Then we go on to a, an account in the Norfolk Chronicle from February 1785, which we do have a copy of at work. Wow. Um, they stopped by, they were stopped by a footpad. Such a good Which name. is a highwayman who robs on foot instead of a horse. <laughs> Do you think he pretends to be on a horse? That Maybe. Makes noise. Like in yes. the Holy Grail. Yeah. Just like. With some coconut shells. I watched that the other night. I was That's like, so, so funny. Um, he knocked them both down with a bludgeon. Peter Seaman was robbed of two guineas and a half in a gold and a crown in silver. Henry Seaman was robbed of his hat only. Both men were injured in the attack, Peter more seriously. Shortly afterwards, a man entered a pub in Deerham, which we drove through on the way here, and our, an officer spotted blood on his frock coat and arrested him. James Clifton was committed them to Norwich Castle on the oaths of Peter and Henry Seaman and several other witnesses. Mortally wounded, Peter clung to life for a few days and then died, leaving Clifton facing a murder charge. Mm. So that story ties in with the one that that Simon Knott tells on his yeah. website of two men leaving a pub and one getting yeah it's slightly different in the the one of the that it was a a highwayman who who took them up rather than them killing each other or one of yeah. them killing the other and and he wasn't didn't have a stroke clot he cut he was hit with a bludgeon. I was interested in this bit where it said Clifton. Uh, do we think that Clifton had had been before he came? to Yaxham which is so we should say we're kind of two miles south of Deerham we're in Breckland and um, we're next door to one of my favourite named villages in Norfolk it's called Clint Green which I always think sounds, sounds like, like a man yeah sounds like a man who performs on a, on a cruise ship <laughs> um, but it says here that Clifton had been previously imprisoned on one of the tame Thames one of the Thames hulks at Woolwich Um I love those. I lo do you know, I, I didn't know anything about didn't these. You? I no, love them. so I did do some research because I was quite interested and it's really hideous. I mean, hideous. the fact that he was on one of those boats you it makes you wonder why he wasn't put off crime. I know. <laughs> because the well, thought of having to you, like You so, also think of the opening scenes of um Les Miserables, don't you, where yeah. they're on a prison ship. Which is basically what that was, yeah. wasn't it? But these ones were just moored up. Yeah, so they were for anyone else who doesn't know what prison hulks are, I will tell you because mm. I've only just found out. So they're basically decommissioned and pr often unseaworthy ships 
and they were moored in rivers and estuaries and they were refitted to become floating prisons basically so they didn't go out and sail not like prison no. ships they they were stationary and just in the middle of water um and they kind of came into being because of um, the outbreak of war in america in 1775 and it meant that they couldn't ship what's it called deportation mm. they, they they stopped doing deportation basically so then they had like a ton of prisoners that they didn't know what to do with and, and put them on these boats um in by 1778 the fleet of hulks on the thames held 510 prisoners and one of them was probably yeah quite possibly this guy i mean Our we don't chap. know what he was on there for do we no um but they just sounded awful like they basically didn't feed them properly on purpose to try and demoralize them and they were obviously people got really ill really quickly living in such cramped conditions there's a lot of violence but on the other side there's a lot of com camaraderie yeah because because it was so shit sorry mm. it was so terrible um it kind of brought the men together and, and they, they would be like i say mutiny because it's on a ship but they would try and overthrow yeah. the guards quite often and it was just just so he, he would have had an incredibly hard time yeah. how he found himself in norfolk yeah and how he found himself in yaxham and how he found i mean you can see the next part you know that he would rob somebody in yeah. order to to get a drink not the wisest thing to do that and although it is a bit crime watch isn't it that you know you pop into a pub you've got a bit of blood on you and, and you're linked to a crime yeah that's quite so impressive for, for the 1780s well. yeah. isn't it you know because you would have thought he'd have got gotten away with that one wouldn't you mm. but he didn't he didn't get away with it at no. all he he was sent to thetford for the lent assizes convicted of murder sentenced to death on march the 21st 1785 and he said straight away, um, I'm hanged, I'm to be hanged on Wednesday. But if I was to die this minute, by God, I'm not that man. And at the same time, he wrapped his knuckles on the bar with the greatest violence. So he claimed he hadn't done mm. this. Yeah. He said he was innocent the whole way through. That didn't stop him. That didn't stop them executing him three days later at Norwich Castle. And his body was taken back to Yaxon the next day. So this was quite common, wasn't yeah. it? That a body of a criminal would be hung as close to the crime yeah. as possible. Um, I found something quite interesting about... Um, so, the Faden's map of, map of Norfolk actually has the gibbet marks on it, which I bought to show you. Amazing. I was really pleased with it. It's really teeny tiny. Um, but yeah, if anyone's got a copy, it's on page 15 of it. Um, but look... It shows that's the gibbet. There he is. So wow. on, on the next page below, it actually says gibbet as well. Gosh, so yes. the gibbet was in this field. Yeah. And then it's marked. But look, that's he's actually he's actually on the map. He is literally there. Is that the, just the gibbet or is he hanging off it? So he's, there's a tiny little person on it. Gosh, in his cage. Yeah. Um, this does show something quite interesting as well this map i will share a little snippet of it so we were on we drove down there and down there but this so as it is now the road comes to a really sharp bend and then it goes down onto paper lane yeah um but it looks like previously the road actually diverged off into oh. other so there were roads where it's now just the, the is that houses or not yeah here? so these are little houses so that's that farm that we drove past 
Okay. So the little black bits, and so the cutthroat bit or the, the corner. And this is the other thing I'm thinking. Is it called Cutthroat Lane more because now it looks like a cutthroat razor? You know, the fold-up ones. Oh, right. Okay, and so it actually looks like a cutthroat razor. I'm wondering razor. if that's why. Ah, clever. So I'm wondering if after these roads have gone away, yeah, it looks more like a cutthroat razor. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's called Cutthroat okay. Lane. Which kind of puts How pay to all of our amazing interesting... Amazing that that gibbet is just there on yeah. that map. Is, are there other gibbets on there? I haven't... It looked. wasn't particularly common, was it? No, it wasn't particularly common at all. In fact, it was so uncommon that there wasn't a set like design for gibbets or anything. It was every basically they would get the local blacksmith to make whatever they thought was the best Jeez. thing. So, so yeah, it wasn't common. It's not something that the local blacksmiths did every week or anything. No. So. There was often there was documentation of them like not fitting properly and things like that, which is and pretty... they were all different, weren't they? So yeah. some across the country would not have a leg part. Some yeah. of them would just be quite a rudimentary cage. There are some that look like the Michelin Man, don't they? Yeah. They're kind of. And then there's, some, there's one which I saw a picture of, which was basically just it wasn't even a cage. It was basically just a chain that went all around the person, like underneath the crotch and stuff. And then they were just hung like that. That sounds like something Madonna would wear, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? And he was he was strung more than thirty feet in the air from a tree on Cutthroat Lane, and the edge edge of Babley Moor to mm. act as a deterrent to would be criminals. I mean, this this crime of being a highwayman was was really really frowned on, wasn't it? This was mm. you know it was one thing to murder your wife, it was quite another to stop innocent chaps who'd had a lovely drink at the pub yeah. and take their hat, wasn't it? So this was the kind of crime that that the authorities would have wanted to mm. make a real, a well, real example it. It of was, him. There were so many crimes at the time that were, pen what's, like, the penalty was death. They want anything that was, like, extra, extra bad. Yeah. They wanted to make it different. Yeah. So this was a way of making it something different. Uh, and, I, the, and people could look and say, oh, that person has murdered someone. I think someone. the thing I find astonishing about this is, although I can kind of accept that people would have wanted to go to Norwich Castle to watch an execution. That's on the day. You know, it's lovely. People would have been selling spiced biffin apples and having a super time and Did buying souvenirs. Is that a thing? Biffin that is apples. A thing. Yeah, yeah. It's what in Charles Dickens. So they're like it's like a Norfolk brand of apple, massive. And they would bake them a bit like potatoes and it was a speciality and they, they would sell that them in Norwich. Quite nice, actually. Yeah, they are, yeah, they're really nice. Um, so I can understand the fate of that and the, the carnival atmosphere and however grim that sounds but what I can't understand is although it's a deterrent yes fine I understand that to see what would happen to a corpse and this was at a time when of course not having a consecrated burial was a big deal you, mm -hmm. you know he was not going to heaven no. he wasn't getting anywhere close um, you know would be frightening but that map you've got there shows just how close those houses are and i mean that is a to look powerful the field yeah i don't think they needed to see his rotting corpse and no. his soft tissue sloughing off and the smell and, and it was there for like 25 years yeah it was there a long time and they yeah. were yeah that i'd never even considered that yeah but they, they would have looked out across that field every day and seen a body and of you a imagine being there. a kid who had to walk past that on the way to do a task or to mm, well there is a, a thing that says uh, the remains hung for 25 years schoolboys used to use the corpse as targets 
and boasted that they had chipped a piece off Cliff Cliffin. So they weren't that bothered. And um, no, <laughs> I suppose different times. But um, the other thing is that I think the reason he was hung that high was to stop the process, the, the kind of grisly process of people going and chipping bits off and mm. using them as talismans or you know passing their their tumors uh, with mm. a with a dead man's hand and i mean all of this was i quite... hadn't really considered how high 30 foot is but it's actually high. that is really high isn't it high enough for you to not be able to get to him with ease mm. and and it was an issue that that you know there would almost be a rush um at an execution to get the blood to get the to have the hand pass over you mm. you know we've talked about hands of glory in the past i've talked about kind of the way that 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 corpses are used by people to cure inverted commas things and an executed criminal was kind of pretty much top of the list yeah. that, that they know. were like the most potent yeah because because it was it was like counter magic wasn't it counter evil mm. Um, to stop your rheumatism. I mean, like the fat of a... I think I've got a list somewhere. I don't know if you did it as well. Of, of the things that they would take from from executed criminals in order to solve all manner of kind of awful, awful things wrong with people. So growths could be treated by passing the hand of a dead man over the afflicted part on three successive days. So not just one. And you had to go on your own. And you had to go at night. Mm. Um, a piece of rope with which a criminal had been hanged was good for epilepsy. The fat of an executed man could cure rheumatism. I like this one. Carrying the bone of an executed man can exempt somebody from military service. And oh, is that, uh, was that an actual rule, or was it just they thought you I were so, so weird? So. They just I, well, didn't want you. I don't think that. I think it was more seen as a lucky talisman. But I would imagine it probably was that they yeah, saw like, you were carrying mm. someone's thigh and were like, "Do we want mm. him?" Probably not. And of course, um, that old favourite, drinking from the skull of a criminal, can cure all ills. Mm. On which note, uh, Clifton's skull, apparently, um, was ploughed into the ground and found years later. And um, in living memory, people remember their relatives telling them how the villagers used to pass the skull from hand to hand in Yaxham in wonder. So there's not much to do mm. around here. That's it, because, about that, yeah. So the skull, I, I read that the skull was passed on and it's in a private... Collection. collection somewhere where no one knows but it's also i've also read a couple of pieces that said that his gibbet cage was found and and is on show or the headpiece from it is on show in norwich castle museum oh. it's a substantial iron artifact of two bars crossed and bent to form a cage with vertical four bar with four vertical bars one of these one of these is cut short presumably to allow the face to show properly and the others are attached to a hinged collar the swivel eye on the top is nearly worn through now there is a gibbet cage or there was when it was when the castle was open it's having refurbishments at the moment um but it's not james clifford no, it's stephen Watson, yeah isn't it? but the paper that i found that in is like a proper research paper so you would think maybe and, they got two well i did also find that find verified on the norfolk heritage explorer but i went and looked on the norwich castle you know they have like a list yeah. of their collections website and it's not on there anywhere 
But then neither was the other gibbet. Well, maybe it's with my moon rock. Yeah. Suspiciously gone. Gone. I mean, I, we were talking about gibbets as we do uh, quite often, don't we? Yeah. Nice chat about gibbets. And there are 16, aren't there, left in England yeah. that are in one There's piece. There's one in Bury St Edmunds. There is You've one in Bury St Edmunds. So we've got two of them, haven't we? Mm. Um, around around here. And as we've said, these weren't common. Um, they were. I, I was looking up how many I could find in Norfolk that have been used. There was one in North Walsham. Um, that was 1797 displaying the body of William Suffolk who was hanged at Norwich and he the post for the gibbet was later cut up and used in building cottages in Napton Um, and they're also saying that since many gibbets were situated on common land when that land was enclosed um, in the later part of the 18th century lots of gibbets were removed and that is why um, Clifton's went down because it was part of the enclosure process. So basically, oh. they had to take it down because they were enclosing the land. And um, same with Stephen Watson, whose cage is at Norwich, mm-hmm. and, and William Suffolk. So they would use these components of the gibbet, because, you know, make, do and mend and mm-hmm. all. And sometimes they'd turn them into souvenirs. Um, some were turned into kind of tobacco bowls mm. or eating bowls. Mm. Um, and... Of course, another thing is women's women weren't gibbeted. Yeah, I read about that. The, the majority they were. That it's really interesting. That all has to do with like um, like body snatching and the kind of providing bodies for mm. um, medical research. Women's bodies were basically more in demand, so it was more important that the women's bodies were sent to be um, dissected rather than the men's bodies. Mm. But all of this came to a stop because of Burke and Hare, which I thought was really interesting. So in 1834, it was abolished. They stopped doing it. Um, But um, after the summer of 1832, nobody was gibbeted. And it's basically because they wanted to stop people stealing the bodies to provide them, you know, for money, basically. Mm. And because of the... That all really got brought to light because of the Burke and Hare case. Um, I thought that was quite interesting that, yeah, people would have just... And maybe that was another reason for not... For him being so high up, rather than just stealing yeah. body parts for me, for, for mm. cures and stuff. It was actually the body snatchers just whipping him off and taking mm. him down to London. Gosh. Yeah, it was it was not... And they used to sometimes tar the remains so that also they can be used mm. as dissection. And that they'd last for longer as well. So you'd have this hideous kind of tarred skin where everything inside would rot. I think would, it was like a rot. icky patch at the bottom underneath. Just revolting, wasn't it? I mean, it, it would stink. And that was another of the reasons that all this stopped was that, that, that they suddenly realised how insanitary it was. And mm. um, There's a great tale about Stephen Watson, who, as we've said, his gibbet is in Norwich Cathedral. Norwich Cathedral? Probably not Norwich Cathedral. Don't go looking for it there. There's a dinosaur there, but there isn't a yeah. Um Norwich Castle. Um, and that's that when Stephen Watson was taken down from Bradenham Common, um, there was a starling's nest with young birds Aww. in it taken out of his breastbone. So behind his ribs. Oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. He was so. discovered by Ryder Haggard. Who was? Stephen Walton. Was he? Yeah, it okay. says um, ride, novelist Ryder Haggard discovered the remains of the gibbet and skeleton whilst dig- digging on Bradenham Common. 
he noticed that the skull had clear scorch marks where it had been burned by a hot iron, thus proving to Ryder Haggard that the man must have been dead and enclosed in his gibbet, and he must have been dead when enclosed in his gibbet cage, and to us that the smith on that occasion fitted the gibbet by soldering or welding. Oh my word. Ooh, Over him. A... That is a grim job, isn't mm. it? Absolutely a grim job. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the idea of that kind of, you know, that kind of punishment, that even after death you had no release, mm. that your ultimate punishment was to be killed, but even then it continued. And not just for a couple of days, mm. you know, for years, yeah. didn't it? Absolutely yeah. years. And it was mainly used for, as we've said, kind of highwaymen, murderers, pirates... With the pirates. Oh, yeah, I read this. Yeah. Bit. They were sometimes executed by hanging on a gibbet erected close to the low watermark by the sea or a tidal section of a river. Their bodies would be left dangling until they'd been submerged by the tide three times. In London, Execution Dock is located on the north bank of the River Thames in Wapping. And after tidal immersion, particularly notorious criminals' bodies could be hung in cages a little further downstream. As a warning oh, to I other waterborne criminals. But they did all like they would take them on tour, pirates ones. <laughs> so basically, they'd take them up the coast, and oh, so yeah. they would bring them up to Norfolk because they're pirates. I, I mean, you know, different times and all, but genuinely, I mean, do you think it just smelt really bad then, and so they didn't notice so much? I would imagine they didn't notice so much, but there is a difference between, you know, a seeing. A, a man lose his life and I think to be honest if they did it now loads of people would turn up wouldn't they yeah definitely pick the right person and you're going to get massive crowds turning up to see them die aren't you because people I mean not for me but people love the idea of retribution don't they mm. they absolutely love it and they love the idea that a life is a life mm. and that you you know that the, the justice should be seen to be done and people should be killed I would imagine if you did a Brexit type vote on public execution, we'd be uh, having executions. Think so? yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. I really do. I it's really, really weird do. because in some like, I like bones and things, but I don't want to see someone die. I really don't want to see someone die. Like anyone. No, not even a very bad person. No, I'd and rather I... they. It's like in uh, the Princess Bride where it's like, to like dying to within an, in, you know living is sometimes worse by dying you're like getting away with it so yeah. it's rather it's better to like make them like live in a horror in a prison forever i just think that's why the legal system is there it's there to stop us taking that kind of ultimate justice mm. you know because it's like if somebody killed your relative and you like you actually lied your relative a person to have then you would want to kill them wouldn't you but that's why the justice system is there to stop us all taking martial law yeah. and law into our own hands and, and killing people and that kind of institutionalised murder is still murder, isn't it, mm. as far as I'm concerned? You know, yeah. if that was something that happened to someone I loved, then don't get me wrong, I would be the first to pull the trigger and, and do it. But that's why there is a system to, yeah, stop, to stop that, that kind happening. of thing happening. But And it's also the finality of it, because this guy obviously was like, I didn't do this. Yeah. There's no going back from that, is there? Well, also, there's no further evidence that it was him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're taking it that he was a criminal and that he did this. 
I mean, there are many reasons why you could have walked into a pub at Durham with Yeah, he might have had a nosebleed. He might, he might have killed a pig or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's not... And that's it. And so there's once he's like been like executed, even if there was evidence that it wasn't him, there's nothing you can do about it. No. no. The other thing that interested me about this was I kind of searched and searched and searched for any reference to a ghost or to any kind of haunting, either in Yaxham or there mm. nothing no nothing you know again you would think wouldn't you? I mean maybe it's maybe that's an interesting point that actually it's frightening enough to have a swinging mm. rotting corpse but you would think that skeleton in a cage you don't need to invoke a spirit yeah. if but you would imagine that. there would be stories of his spirit his restless spirit roaming around, wouldn't you? Yeah, or indeed now that he's gone, and, you know, so you're talking... When when was he actually hung? So you're talking... When was he down? So he was killed in 1785, and he was there for 25 years. So... 1810. 1810, which is, you know, quite a long time, isn't it? Yeah. So... You wonder why nothing has been seen mm. since then. And it's such a, an unremarkable piece of road. I'm not yeah. saying that Cutthroat Lane isn't nice. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, very pretty. It's like, about it's as nice much of a country lane yeah. as you could imagine. But it's quite unremarkable, isn't it? Mm. And to think that that happened in that field mm. and that if we were to go back in time... 200 years yeah we'd see him we you would you know there he'd be yeah you know you'd pop past in you on your horse there he'd be yeah you know in a cage i mean and there would have been children who had literally grown up with him always being there always being there in the cage i mean i suppose as soon as you know not to be too grim about it but as soon as the soft tissue is gone as mm. soon as then you're talking about a skeleton in a cage, and I kind of wonder how long that would have been until that yeah. process. Yeah. I mean, probably not that long. No. Because presumably animals would have got yeah, at him and, and birds, birds, like birds and, and stuff. You know, so it would have been a skeleton in a cage, mm. but still. But one of the other notable things about this story is that people didn't find it off-putting because for weeks afterwards, hundreds of people came to see it. <laughs> so... It, it was remarked that it was like a fair. Um, on Sundays in particular, booths were erected for the sale of drink and wow. there were some very hilarious scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, very hilarious scenes. It's not, they didn't, people didn't Gosh. see it as like, oh, you know, we shouldn't... It was... Absolute so, scenes. They loved it. They <laughs> Well, but they did, didn't they? They loved all of this stuff. They loved to see a bit of a bit of divine retribution. I mean, they loved to to see people with physical abnormalities mm. treated as freaks. You know, these were times when people were systematically cruel and systematically bloodthirsty and just loved the idea of 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 watching that process and mm. i do wonder how many passing highwaymen there were in yaxham to be honest mm. and also why he was thought of as a highwayman instead of just you know somebody who needed a couple of bob for but a, a highwayman a, would imply that he's well, done it many times before maybe that's what he was in 
one of the Hulks for. Well, maybe so. And 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 that that mention of him wearing a frock coat it does make him sound like a dandy yeah. high moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's it. And maybe... so maybe they knew that he'd been on the Hulks for mm. highway robbery, and so they were like, right, well. Well, he did well because I mean, I think if you get thrown out of Norwich Prison now, you get about like eighteen pounds. So to get a full highwayman's outfit which i imagine was quite pricey mm-hmm. you need that saucy tricorn hat and everything yeah. a bit like hold up don't mm. you hello <laughs> then you know we what why where yaxham is not your natural unless he this was is from not, Deerham or something and, and what the big city yeah. this is this is not kind of a main thoroughfare and it wouldn't have been would it no really? i was just thinking this road you can this road itself lends itself does it? I think to like robbery. I suppose the bend does. Like robbery, it does because it, there's like nothing here. And if you're walking home drunk, but did he do it quite near the well, the houses? I don't know. Exactly it's that. also quite a trek to get back to Deerham from here, isn't yeah, it? It is. Especially if you're not on a horse. And I mean, this road itself is really long. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like a bit of a rubbish highwayman in many ways. Or he just ways. didn't do it. Or he just didn't do it. And again, I would say if he didn't do it, it's strange that there hasn't been any sign of him. Mm, no restless back. spirit. No restless spirit, just um, a field. Mm. And it is strange to think, isn't it? I kind of wonder if these places retain anything of what happened here. So you've got the initial murder, whatever you say, mm. cutthroat lane, unless it had a slaughterhouse on him. Mm. I'm still thinking actually more and more I think about it, it's more because it's shaped like a cutthroat razor. Do you think that? that's very clever of you? Yeah, Why I did do. You come up with that theory? Just today. Did you? When I was looking at the map, like just literally I was like, oh. watching and so genius I think it's, happen. I feel like it's called, it was probably, because there's no record of when it was called cutthroat lane, I think it will have been called Cutthroat Lane after those roads have been changed. You know, the... Ah. See, I think it's a murder. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a murder. Yeah. I think it was a murder. And then I think, you know... But you kind of wonder, in the same way as they changed the name to Cutthroat Lane, why it didn't then become Hangman's Lane? Well, that's what I was going to say. Gibbet Lane. Well, there is a Gibbet Lane in is Norfolk. There? There's a Gibbet Lane. And I did Isn't have it on... Isn't that Um... I can't remember. I took it off. I, I saw it and then I took it off my research for some reason. There's definitely a gibbet lane. There's obviously there used to be a hangman's lane in Norwich, which we've talked about. So why would it, yeah, that's the, the thing. It's like either they would have called it Clifton Lane. Yeah. Or gibbet lane. Yeah. To call it cutthroat lane means yeah. there is a specific either. Or you would have called it after the woman who died. Yeah, it just seems a bit weird, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, which that's the only thing that doesn't sit but with me. In such in such a quiet place where we've probably seen two cars in the last half an hour, and where it's very country, isn't it? Mm. To think that within these couple of, or this within this mile, you had a quite grisly murder, mm. and then a highwayman. And then his body in a gibbet for 26 years or whatever. Mm. Quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think that's one of the things why I like doing these stories. Because it is a really, like, just... It's just a country lane. But it just shows that, like, anywhere can have an interesting story about it. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't... You might, when you were driving down here, go, Oh, Cutthroat Lane. That's interesting. Yeah. 
but there is actually a really interesting story and i think there's so many places that have those interesting stories if you just kind of look poke about a little bit yeah well what we can say is that this is the straightest road i've ever seen mm. straight in the neck or straight it's it's straight in the neck or straight and probably less dangerous but less dangerous yeah so that's good isn't it yeah unless you are coming from the pub uh, yeah and you meet yeah unless you're an 18th century guy walking drunk <laughs> on home. a pretend horse <laughs> Welcome to this series of Unfinished with me, Charles Thompson. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. Of course, it is the Kings of Anglia podcast. From true crime to football, politics to folklore, for more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com forward slash channel forward slash Archant.